0: Hello there, everyone. Welcome to the TSG Podcast. Just a huge disclaimer before we begin that all content produced on this channel is for education and entertainment purposes only. Enjoy the episode. All right. So welcome back, everyone, to another episode of uh, the Surrounding Game Podcast. How are you doing, Sean?
1: I'm doing good. How are you doing?
0: You know, I've been doing really good. I've been thinking about what we've been talking about last time. and So just to recap everyone on what we have talked about, I believe in the last episode, we talked a lot about my style of value investing and what value investing is. Right. And just to sum it up, it's finding stocks, companies that are selling at a nice discount because I want to purchase the company in hopes that I get a good return on my investment. And we did talk about the four rules behind that, at least what Charlie Munger has given us so far. And so the four rules of it is the, what is it? (laughs) I can't remember off the top of my head. Uh, Do you understand the company? What you're investing in? Uh, Is there a good amount of integrity in the management in place? Uh, Does the company provide a product or service that can withstand the fluctuations of the economy? or life in general, and uh, do we have a good discount price, a good margin of safety to invest in? Because the bigger the discount price is, the safer-ish uh, the, the company uh, return will give back to you, right? You, you'll you have a higher chance of getting the return back. And so, and yes, there's a lot of psychology that goes behind it. I mean, you have to understand human psychology, human behavior and consumption, etc. And I think that's where we kind of led off of towards the end of our uh, last podcast or so. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe we're starting to get into the idea of, you know, just meme stock and how that grew into a big phenomenon is uh, like a positive type of irrationality. And there's also negative where people are fearing, like during COVID time, where things just cratered because everyone was scared that the economy was going to shut down and so um anything else that you would like to add on to that we talked about last time just to catch everyone up
1: um i think yeah i mean we talked about you know meme stocks and sort of the new phenomenon of um just extreme positive sentiment getting whipped up in the market in Mm -hmm. on the internet uh in a a way that seems new but uh yeah as far as you know and then there's negative sentiment which is a tale as old as time that everyone in the market freaks out sells everything and then you can mm-hmm. find bargains
0: mm-hmm. cool and i think that 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 was um that was pretty much it so mm-hmm. what should we talk about today
1: um so it would be interesting to go into some of uh charlie munger's um ooh. ideas of biases ooh um i like that i don't that. know if you uh We'll see how many we could remember, but um, <laughs> he's definitely got some some uh, interesting ones. I can't yeah. find where the one that, that I had written down. I, but.
0: I and you know, it's so it's so funny that you mentioned that because while I was looking for the uh, because I sent you I sent you the video a couple weeks back and mm-hmm. I remember that I while I was looking for that one video I was trying to look for a summary video. I remember watching a summary video where they had nice animation. They condensed everything into 15 minutes. And I still can't find it. So the video that I sent you was, what, an hour, two hours-ish long? Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it was one of his speeches. Um, And I think he wrote a book on it, too. But, uh, yeah, I think there was, what, 24? 24 misjudgment, psychological misjudgment of human behavior um and so uh do you is there anyone that's off the top of your mind that you you want to just bounce ideas back and forth on
1: um yeah i mean one interesting one was the um the just pure availability bias uh let me see exactly what he called it um oh influence from mere association Ooh. so yeah just the idea that like Uh, And I think he gave the example of Coca-Cola. You see Coca-Cola everywhere. Mm -hmm. If it's anything that's going to have some kind of a positive association, Mm -hmm. they just want Coca-Cola to be there. Um, And it's really, you know, I've often scratched my head about about some of the advertising where you'll just see an ad for something and you'll think, Mm -hmm. is that going to really make people buy that? Like I remember, (laughs) um, so I was at work. Well, it was after work. Um, you know, I, I work in the IT industry and in enterprise IT where, uh, you know, working at a large company, they have a variety of different complex systems that are trying to be tied together. And um, my boss was really into hockey. Mm-hmm. So we, after work, we went out uh, to a restaurant and we were watching a hockey game on the TV at the restaurant. And I noticed that at the hockey game, on on the side of the uh, ice rink, they had um, ads for SAP. And it was just, you know, just three letters. SAP. It's just, hmm. that's all it is. Interesting. And I'm thinking... SAP. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's SAP. It's SAP. It's, it's this big company. I believe they're a German company. And they hmm. do a lot of large IT projects. They'll hmm. do... Um, things like an erp system which is uh just a a system that'll handle many aspects of the business for you mm-hmm. uh they'll come in send them some consultants to analyze your business figure out how the information is flowing through the business and then create one big computer system that can handle many different aspects of the business and i'm thinking you're advertising sap at a hockey game mm-hmm. like And you're just showing the word SAP while people are watching hockey. At first, I saw that I thought that's downright bizarre. Honestly, like like when people when when someone says I'm gonna go buy SAP, Mm -hmm. it's a bunch of executives deciding to spend like tens of millions of dollars. (laughs) So it's like like when I first saw that I thought it's very strange that they're advertising SAP. But then I thought, well, here I am with my boss. Who works at a large company who would be involved in these kinds of decisions and he's here having dinner watching a hockey game Mm -hmm. so maybe it's actually not that stupid maybe it's actually quite smart that they're starting to create these associations you know
0: well also look at what happened to you you had no idea what sap was before Mm -hmm. right
1: well i had before before i saw this ad I was okay, I was okay. perplexed the moment I saw the ad because I actually knew what SAP was, uh-huh. but I was just okay, like, okay. I was like, why are you advertising that? And and <laughs> you know, and I've even you know I've taken marketing classes at school, mm-hmm. and I was still just kind of like scratching my head, like wondering if it was up to me
0: mm-hmm.
1: to pay for that ad. Would I pay for it? And at mm-hmm. first I was thinking, no way, that's like a dumb ad. But then I thought, you know. I mean, here's my boss who might be involved in that kind of a decision, and uh here he is you know watching a g- game that he really likes to watch and mm-hmm. there's a positive association being made
0: mm-hmm yeah um all the time,
1: so yeah, i mean they as as humans we often think um we'll we'll hear about the irrationality
0: mm-hmm.
1: of human beings, but then we just kind of assume there's there's part of us that just wants to assume that yeah that level of. Irrationality is not really operating, you know. That's like yeah, maybe just no. silly people think <laughs> that. Maybe just dumb people are influenced by this, but no, it's it's no, we're it's all influenced. Everyone, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, if if you think about it, right? So we have a lot of positive association already, and let's let's veer away from the whole business lingo, and let's just take a look at it from a psychological perspective, okay. So a good positive association type learning. And this is a biological thing, right? And this is in my field of more familiarity. Okay, I would don't want to say I'm an expert, but I do teach the subject. And one of the concept is associative learning. And Because we like to link things with something that's either positive or negative, we have some sort of response to it. So for instance, a smell. Could be a positive associative learning say that your mom mm-hmm. is cooking it you one of your favorite dishes uh, uh, all time right and you don't know it until you start smelling it now once you smell that food right you're going to be like oh my gosh i can't believe i i have my favorite dish tonight and i'm super excited that's a positive association to that particular smell because you're going to start salivating, you're going to be starting getting hungry, and you know it's going to be something that you're going to have uh, a good, intense pleasure in, in, in terms of just satisfaction, hunger, etc. Okay, And so that that is an example of a positive association. And so what Coca-Cola did was to try to communicate that product that Coca-Cola can to a feeling of good, happy thoughts. They're constantly visually representing it on their commercial. You uh, play with your friends. You know you're out having a party on the beach, super hot. You go in on the sand into the ice cool, pull out an ice crisp Coca-Cola and drink it into the sun. That is a positive association to a good time, having fun with friends on the beach, or you know going to uh, the Olympics. Coca-Cola banners everywhere, and what you see is that gold medalists winning. With the Coca-Cola logo in the background. So now you subconsciously connect Coca-Cola to gold medal, right? Mm-hmm. And so they're doing a lot of these type of placements. And it's fantastic marketing. I mean, from a marketing perspective, to sell a product, that is fantastic. I mean, to get people to feel good about your company, that's really hard to do. And Coca-Cola has built such a enormous brand around that 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 is one of their protections against the fluctuating market. So, again, going back to the four rules, the third rule is does the company slash brand slash product have a good protection against the fluctuation? And that would be a good protection because during times that are good, people want to drink Coke. During times that are bad, people want to feel good. And so they're going to drink potentially Coke. So there Mm -hmm. you have it. Yep. Um, Sorry, I, I I don't know if that was a question or anything, but yeah.
1: <laughs> now, um, should we go... Do you want to bring up any individual biases, or should we start uh, should we um, sort of start branching out?
0: One one of the biases that really... And this is one of my reasons why I don't like to talk about my current investments. It, and we talked about this last time, was the, the bias of, of nailing in thoughts into your brain and Mm -hmm. solidifying it. And that was one of the biases that Charlie Munker actually wrote, right. Or or spoke. And I didn't realize it that someone already kind of wrote it out in paper. Uh, This was just through pure coincidence and through my own experience that, you know, when I'm teaching, you know, you're, you're, you're taught to teach from a textbook or you're taught to teach uh, to the curriculum. And you know every day there's something new that that is being discovered, and so and sometimes it contradicts with current knowledge. and so but if you're constantly teaching the subject over and over again and, and, and you're not open to learning the changes, which does occur as you know with everyone, you know once we solidify and are comfortable with our thought process, we, chances are it's going to take a while for us to change an opinion. And so I, I saw that, and I kind of had that hypothesis where, well, if I keep speaking something, or if I keep telling people that, hey, you know, McDonald's is going to be healthy, McDonald's super healthy, McDonald's super healthy, McDonald's super healthy, then eventually I'm going to start believing it, and, and it, it will be very hard to change my mind. And so. That thought process, you know, when Charlie Munger was talking about it, that that really shocked me. That that somebody else also discovered this, yet, you know, they're way older, and I just started discovering what they're saying. And you also see this in like, you know, I've never joined a fraternity before, but I would imagine it's something very similar to a, like a hazing process where you know you're you're instilled, you know, different beliefs. For the fraternity club social club whatever you might might have and you know it could be a benefit it could be something very positive but it could also be negative and you don't want to be in that position where you're pounding in information over and over and over again where it could potentially be detriment to you and so that that's really what got me on to listening to more of Charlie Munger's right when I heard that I was like, hey he might there might be something here that I could learn so i just keep learning about that so that's just one of the other biases that really sticks with me and hence why it's really hard for me to talk about current things that i'm looking into just because i don't want to pound it in my brain to the point where i can no longer change my opinion Mm -hmm. so
1: um you're reminding me you're reminding me of an essay by uh, a venture capitalist named paul graham oh Um, okay he wrote a blog post called keep your identity small mm. um and it's a really interesting fairly short blog post and it's basically you know he talks about when you bring up when you're online and you bring up politics or religion it inevitably spirals into this argument yeah. and he is you know trying to tease apart why and he starts to come to the conclusion that part of what's going on is people take these things and they make it part of their identity and so then if someone comes along and tells you this thing's not true Mm -hmm. it immediately feels personal Mm -hmm. and it it makes you feel like you have you have to lash out and defend the -hmm. idea because you've made the idea a part of you and so he talks about um and he talks about how it's not just politics and religion but actually so many things can just get attached to a person's identity Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and then you just want to defend it at all costs even if the argument being made against you is a good argument Mm -hmm. you still just really want to shut it down because you're because it's like an attack on you personally yep and um so he recommends actually trying to take stock of the things you identify with and make it almost like as few things as possible, Mm. right? Yeah. Um, And try to say, you know, maybe I have these ideas, these thoughts, these beliefs, but uh, try and let yourself be actively aware of the possibility that you could actually change them, that you could jettison these things. And then, you know, maybe there's some things that you do want to keep as your identity, but as long as you've consciously chosen to make something or to let something be part of your identity that's fine but mm-hmm. uh there things can sort of become part of your identity without you even wanting that to happen you know mm-hmm. um and yeah that's one way if you make an investment and then you go around talking about oh i made this investment it's so great it's going to go up mm-hmm. and then it goes down or or someone even worse someone comes to make a great argument about why that investment is not going to go up but you just can't hear it because you've mm-hmm. made it a part of your identity
0: yep um, so anyway, and that yeah, that is the idea. most detrimental error that mm-hmm. one could make in an investment in my opinion yeah. is is being married to it for so strongly that you can't see the red flags. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's pretty much analogous to to dating in general, right? When you first date a person, you see all the wonderful things about them very good. you you barely see any negatives about that other person. And then it's only after a while, after you've been with them for so long, right? That, mm-hmm. oh, this person is not the way that I thought this person was when we first went out. And you start seeing more of the negatives. But in terms of investment, and again, this is just analogous to the investment that that's the idea that so many people are stuck to investment in that honeymoon type of phase where they don't see those red flags. And it isn't until it's too late in the investments. That, oh shoot, I might lose a lot of money because I didn't see this in time, so that that's why I try not to get too excited or too negative towards a certain investment, so that I'm always keeping an eye out for flags uh that that could potentially signal a good or a bad trend
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. now, um yeah, so one of the um I think sort of the culmination of Munger's uh mm-hmm. ideas is this idea I brought up last time that the biases work together. Yes. They synthesize into this gigantic emotional feeling that things are going really, really good or really, really bad. Mm-hmm. And um last time we talked a lot about uh examples of things that were going that people thought were going really, really good, these meme stocks mm-hmm. that everyone thinks are amazing. Yeah. Um so now it might be interesting to talk about uh, times where things seem to be going really, really bad. Mm-hmm. Either for individual stocks or for everything. Um, certainly, and we're, you know, in the current market, we're entering some really uh, choppy times. Uh, we're recording this on May 6th. And mm-hmm. uh, there was, I think it was just yesterday, the Fed announced the rate their... High rate hike Mm -hmm. it was an expected rate hike so it was interesting how some people thought the rate hike was going to be bigger and so right afterwards the markets went up Mm -hmm. because the rate hike was not bigger um but then the following day the markets started going down again and now they're down pretty 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 solidly Mm so um is this now trying to look at the trying to gauge the overall psychology is i don't think this is peak negativity i think the negativity could go a lot worse not that it Mm -hmm. will but it's been much much worse before Mm -hmm. um but i don't know exactly why i think that i don't um so i'm wondering what do you do you ever have a sense of overall market negativity uh and do you have a sense of maybe where it is at now
0: i don't mm-hmm. um just as as an investor myself i i'm aware of positive and negative sentiment um but i generally don't try to focus too much on it i mean the reason why is because i i can't I don't know when is max pessimism or when's the max optimism it's mm-hmm. really hard to tell because again, you could have a small downturn and then next week it goes up and then the week after it goes straight back down even more. I mean, how, how do you time that? And mm-hmm. so to be efficient with the time that I have currently, all I can see is the price fluctuation, right? And hopefully Mm -hmm. when I'm looking at the price fluctuation, I've already done enough homework on the stock that I'm interested in to see whether or not this stock is going on sale or not, right? So say, for instance, I'm looking at Corporation X, hypothetically, and I evaluated that just by following my sort of process. Um, And I look at that corporation, and I priced it to be roughly around what? $20 $20 a share right now the market the price price fluctuation is going between $18 a share all the way up to $50 a share right but I'm valuating at 20 so now if it goes from like $40 a share down to 35 yeah it's going down it's, it's a negative pessimism at that point because it dropped quite a quite a bit that's what 16% decline from 40 to 35 right mm-hmm And so that's a huge drop. That's like a corrective territory type of drop for that one stock. Now, but because I've done my homework and I've kind of evaluated it to be roughly around $20, that $35 price point is still too expensive for me. Right? Mm -hmm. So, yes, there's mass pessimism in the market. But because my homework doesn't match with that pricing, I still wouldn't buy it. Right? Right? Mm-hmm. and again every every so often you do need to relook at the different companies that you're interested in, but that's why i it's really hard for me to say that i I do look at the positive or negative. I'm aware that things are getting more negative nowadays, yes, the market's going down inflation is is hitting its toll uh we have unemployment rates at the lowest ever, and you know if you look. And I believe, and don't correct, uh, correct me. Correct me if I'm wrong on this. Uh, not, not, not correct me. But do correct <laughs> me if I'm wrong on this. But when I was looking at, you know, the the times right before a depression or recession hit, usually we had very low unemployment rates. Again, mm-hmm. I could be wrong. And so right now we have very low unemployment rates. We have higher interest rates. We're trying to prevent hyperinflation from happening. And we're tightening our monetary policy. And so all four of those is signaling that hey, the good times might not be here anymore. Might time to buckle down, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm aware of that. In terms of where do I put my money? You know, there's multiple options. You can put in a bond, stock market, you know, mutual fund, ETFs, you can put in real estate, you can put in whatever it is that you want to put it in. But you have to do homework and when you do homework enough homework and you have a, a really good confidence level in the research that you have done at least you can mitigate some of the damages you might not mitigate any of the damages or all of the damages but it, at least it, it will help uh, in controlling the emotions mm-hmm. um, at least that's to my experience. So.
1: Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense.
0: Mm-hmm. And so that's why it, this is really bad for me to say this, but whenever people ask Warren Buffett, or Charlie Munger, you know, at the annual meetings, if you ever got if you guys ever get a chance to just sit down for six hours and watching the Q and A portion, uh, it's really interesting because you learn a lot from the public psychology because this is what everyone it's on everyone's mind, and a lot of the reoccurring question is. How do they time the market so well? In my opinion, they don't. Mm -hmm. Because I can't. I've been trying and I can't. I can't time the darn market. But what I can do is I can look at the pricing of a certain company and see whether or not it's on sale or not. And Mm -hmm. if I'm correct, then my record should show that I bought it at such a great price that it goes up in the future. And now I have a perfect track record where I time the market theoretically that that's that's the way i see it
1: yeah yeah i think that makes a lot of so. sense it's almost um it it's almost a little backwards of what people might think like i think mm-hmm. um there's a quote from buffett where he said something like when when things are horrible when there's blood in the streets that's when you want to you know Shot. look for things to buy yeah but i think that may not you know that's kind of a general piece of wisdom but in some Mm -hmm. sense i don't think that's his method his -hmm. method is not uh i'm looking at market sentiment all the time in this Mm -hmm. broad way Mm -hmm. and then i see everyone freaked out and then i go looking for bargains Mm -mm. it's more like it's more like i go to the store regularly and look at the prices Mm -hmm. and then i can see the sale Mm -hmm. they happen to come by when everyone's freaking out yes but that's just because everyone's freaking out doesn't mean I'm gonna go buy something it's the other yes, way around exactly. I'm gonna buy something it happens to be when they're freaking out because that's when they all want to sell it you know
0: yep they don't want to own it anymore for whatever reason again it's irrational right it's not a, a logistical logical thing to do but when people want to sell it and I see toothpaste being sold for 50 cents when its original price is $3. I mean, I'm going to buy the toothpaste for 50 cents because I'm going to use that toothpaste anyways. And so I'm saving a lot of money on that toothpaste. (laughs) I (laughs) mean, but you don't get that sense of understanding what the prices are unless you're constantly just browsing, window shopping all the time. And I think that is probably the hardest thing for most people to do is just to constantly just shop without purchasing Um, because when things are good, you want to purchase to get a good return on it. And when things are bad, you don't want to have it, but you don't know when that is and you don't. And if you never really shop on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, you don't know what when prices are good or bad. And that's assuming they're only looking at price, right? Stock price, like how a grocery store would be. Now, I, I take that fundamental. I take the idea of going to a store looking at the pricing itself but I also add into my understanding of a company like what's behind the company who's driving the company who you know what's going on in the company that I could for I could see it growing even more the value mm-hmm. and so there there's multiple pieces that work together at least to formulate my pricing in general so everyone has a different way of of finding their price I can safely say to everyone that I don't use any fancy equation there is none how can there be if you're looking at Mm -hmm. different sectors different companies they're all going to have a different approach to evaluation there is no cookie cutter method how can there be right it's like going to school and finding the best professor well the best professor or best teacher is not going to be to everyone's taste and the way that you define what's a good teacher could be they give me an easy a versus what a good teacher in another person's mind is they teach me something that I can take out of school right so it, it, to answer that question that's why Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett has such a hard time just answering it and honestly I think the answer that they give is truly the answer That is what they do is because even myself, when when students are asking me, how do I study better? I mean, I I can't really tell them how because this is what worked for me. It's I can give you some foundation, but it really is up to you to really kind of understand how you work and what you need to do to to really manifest that understanding. And so, again, a lot of the parallels come from my own experience on how – what was succeeding uh, when I when it comes to just life in general and applying that into my investment practice. Mm-hmm. I yeah, don't know if that, that answered your question. <laughs> no, it does. It does. <laughs>
1: um, and something that relates to that um, is I think people – you know when they ask a question to Mm -hmm. to buffett and munger like how do you time things so well i think people have this idea that good investors are like getting things in this perfect timing you know like Mm -hmm. like you know catching a falling knife like like a good investor is sort of this master of like hitting a bullseye in terms of timing and people Mm -hmm. often uh I see this a lot in the cryptocurrency space, which we can get into, Mm. but it's this idea of like, um, you got to get in at the exact time and you look at the price and say, no, it's going to go down more. It's going to go up more. Mm -hmm. And I think with value investing, you are not looking for timing. And in Mm -hmm. fact, you can, I think a good value investor would expect to have imperfect timing all the time like oh, yeah. you look at you find oh, yeah. a stock that's a bargain you buy it and then it immediately drops 10%. Yep. And
0: that's and when you buy more. That's, <laughs> that's yeah, because
1: you're there's this like, you know, maybe it's it's because of market sentiment, right? Mm-hmm. Mar- the market looked at the stock and said, "Oh, this is trash," and they're all selling it. Mm-hmm. And you do your analysis, you see that it's a bargain and you buy it. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that they're all going to change their mind at that exact moment. Mm-mm. And in fact, you probably can't figure out exactly when they're going to change their mind. Nope. There's not really any way to predict that. Nope. So that's just not the goal. That's literally not the goal. You will not nope. f- get the the exact bottom or the exact top. That's just never going to happen. And essentially, I think a good value investor has to just put that out of their mind. Yeah, you know, I, I that don't that pay is, attention to it. Yeah.
0: yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying I'm good, okay? Uh, Again, I don't do this as a profession, right? I I want to, but I don't right now, currently. But my experience has taught me that as long as I get a good return on my investment, I don't care if I buy it as it's going down or it's at the complete bottom or it's on its way up. As long as it's a good value from what I've seen it to be and it goes up, that to me is a good investment, right? I can't Mm -hmm. time when it's at the absolute bottom. Yes, we hope to always invest at the absolute bottom, because that gives us the best return. But if you're net, if you're net green, you're net green. Why fight over another percent or two, right? So that that's just my mentality. So, mm-hmm. uh, but you're you're absolutely right. Um, and again, it built into that that whole biasum from Charlie Munger is that as sentiment goes down, everyone's piling in their understanding, and it's pointed in one direction. So if you're doing your homework, as much homework as you can, and you came to a different conclusion, you know, it's it's a good opportunity because when everyone's doing irrational biasm, and you have a rational foundation, that is opportunity. Because you can invest in it without having that biasm influence your way of thinking. Now, granted you know it it might show a red flag right say that you did your homework incorrectly somehow there might be a red flag so double check it fine double check your work and make sure you understand what that red flag might be and reevaluate the risk to reward ratio and if you still came to the same conclusion like oh i don't i still don't get why this is so negative besides the irrational logic you know that might be a, a good sign to put your money in but if there's another reason behind that, then it might take some more time to reevaluate. Yep. All right, so I guess we should uh, end this episode here for today. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so uh, thank you, everyone, for staying tuned and listening, and hopefully you guys are enjoying our uh, our our the 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 banter between both of Sean and I, and as well as the knowledge that you know we're hopefully. Uh, giving off to everyone so thank you again so much for staying tuned and until next time we'll see you guys in the next episode and don't forget uh, don't trade pennies for a dollar